Uh, here we go. Panelist number one, Soma. She is a filmmaker who has screened at Sundance, Outfest, Amazon, New Voices Festival, and uh, recently had her short film, Arc, uh, picked up by Dust. We have Foster Wilson. She is a filmmaker whose short made public, screened at over 40 festivals, and she recently got a grant to film her next short film. And, of course, uh, Celine, who is not only the senior programmer for the Short of the Week program. She's a programmer for Palm Springs Short Fest, Dublin International Fest, uh, associate programmer for South by Southwest. I mean, it goes on and on and on, so I won't, we'll, I'll let you guys read her bio, but we are very lucky to have someone here who's seen easily over a thousand plus short films and really knows the process from the inside. Welcome all of you to this panel. <sighs> okay, now you can talk, because I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Ben. <laughs> of course. Thank you. So I just want to kind of start with um, kind of the beginning, because when you choose to make a short film, often you make it because you love a script or it's the idea that comes to you. And I want filmmakers to really think about the end result. How much do you guys think it's important to have your end result in mind when you pick your short film? And what are the end results you're considering? Um, do any of you have thoughts on that? Hey, everybody's like, hmm, do I think of my end results? Well, I think, yeah, I think for sure. I mean, there there are so many choices and I, uh, you know, unfortunately no one is really setting out to like make a buck in short film, but um, you can be, uh, you can be doing a proof of concept for a feature or a pilot. Um, you can be making a short to make a name for yourself. Um, you can be making a short to go to festivals and make contacts and, and try to get a different feature made or um, try to be able to learn from, you know, everybody around you, which is usually helpful. Um, I think ultimately it, what everybody wants is eyes on the project, right? Um, and how do you get that? It's, it, there's so many, there's so many factors to it, but, um, uh, what you're making, uh, what are the, what are the, what's the market? What's the niche market for it? Um, if it's, if it's niche, if it has a subcategory, that is actually really helpful. Um, because there are a lot of markets, I mean, so much to talk about dust and, and sci-fi and all of that. Um, there are specific festivals that are hitting up niche markets. So uh, knowing all of that ahead of time, and as, as Seedenspark has an amazing, Seedenspark, if you don't know them, um, crowdfunding platform and distribution platform, they have an amazing free series about marketing your film, and marketing is everything, right? It's, it's everything when you're making a feature that's on Netflix. If you're not on the homepage, how do you get eyes on it, right? So um, it, you've got to know your audience from the get-go. And I, think and I also want to add too, though, because like, I think sometimes filmmakers chase the niche, like, like, oh, there's a lot of Star Wars fans, so I'll make a Star Wars fan film because that guy got a million views or whatever. But if you're not, if that's not your genre as a director, you're wasting a lot of precious time and energy doing something that's not suited for you. Like, I am a romantic dramedy director. I'm a musical director. So everything I'm going to put energy in is going to be keep put, is going to keep pushing me in that direction. Um, so I know you've done a lot of genre, different genre projects. What usually brings you to the project? What makes you decide to say yes? Well, I, I've written a lot of them myself. So I say yes to myself quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably healthy. But um, I think I, I just love genre full stop. So anything, if someone sends me a script that is a sci-fi or a fantasy, I will immediately, like my ears will perk up and I'll want to read it first. Um, but I think there's, there's also, I want to try things that I haven't tried before. I think short films are a really great place to experiment and to just have maybe like a safe space to, to really expand on your skills and your, you know, all the storytelling that you want to do. I mean, all of that also is so important before you even start the journey. Like, is this something that's going to showcase what I can do and show people, you know, my tone, all of that kind of thing. And it's a little chicken and egg because I feel like if you are really set on that and you're really passionate and you really believe in the story, it tends to get a lot of attention because I think people pick up on that on, at festivals. And now there's so many more options. I think, you know, we might be aging ourselves, but when I was starting out, you know, the options were mostly like these in-person festivals. That's how I got my first, you know, my first short went to a festival in Bali but there wasn't a lot of these online platforms, you know, back then. And now it's just exploded. And there are so many places that you can distribute and things, you know, shorts can be picked up. 
Celine, I'd be curious from your side of things. Yeah, are, um, I are the, really are the best for the creative part, right? Because I'm not a filmmaker. What I always tell people is to make something they're proud of. That way, you know, no regrets when you wake up in the morning. You just did what you wanted and you're proud of what you did. And that way, even if people criticize it, at the end of the day, you can fall asleep. That but, might be the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, it's I mean, so it's true. Just, yeah, like, do that way. Yeah, you won't like have regrets at night. And, oh, had I done this, I should have followed my gut. No, go with your guts that way you're at least okay, you can go to sleep at night. But that, then I go back to what Foster was saying, once the film is done, so you be creative, do your thing, uh, go and yeah, have fun, because it's short film, so you can experiment, do really go all the way into whatever you had in mind. And, but then there's a question everyone needs to ask themselves is, okay, the film is done, what now? What do I want to do with this film? And then that's when all the options open up and depending on what you choose, you follow a different path. So um, do you want to get laurels? Do you want to get a bunch of laurels? Or do you want to get just like specific kinds? Um, do you want industry people to see it? Do you just want to have like reach a lot of audience? Um, yeah, it's, it all comes down to this. Do you have a project? Are you developing your next project? So you can use this as a platform for the next project. Is it a feature version of this? Is it some kind of like related to this project? So those quite all those questions go into the decision making of what you're going to do with this short and how you're going to put it into the world. Celine, on on that note too, because I find that so with Live Magic Collective Film Festival, we we see at least a thousand shorts a year. Um, under five minutes, which is a really hard category. Uh, but from your side, uh, do you, we feel like shorts need to have a beginning, middle and end. We can, you can leave us wondering what, uh, you can leave it open-ended in a way that leaves discussion, but I need to have the short end. From your, the festivals you program and for short of the week, are there criteria that you guys really go, that every film needs to have this or we're not even gonna consider it? Well, for me, it's more of a pride thing um like i love short films and i love like to me short films is not a calling card it, it is an art form in itself so if the film is too obviously the first scene of a feature yeah it's going to rub me the wrong way but <laughs> that's why like i want the short to be a story in itself it doesn't necessarily need to have that very conventional structure of beginning middle end but it needs to stand alone it needs when it ends even if it opens up to a conversation I should be okay if that's that's the end and not be like, this is just one scene of a film. There has to be some kind of satisfaction somehow. Yes, yes. I'm glad did you say that because sometimes I feel like I'm being a jerk by being like, nah, 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 <laughs> but I'm not alone. I love it. Um, Here's a question I want to get into. And I know because Foster, and I, when I first interviewed Foster on my podcast, she actually surprised me with her answer. Releasing your short film before it hits the film festival circuit, releasing it online or with a short distributor. What is everybody's thoughts on that? Foster, do you mind going first? Right. Uh, I think the land, well, I hope this is the same answer as I gave before, but I think the landscape has changed. And probably Celine knows quite a bit about this, having been a programmer of in-person festivals as well as online. Um, COVID aside, I mean, even before COVID, I think the trend, you know, way back when the trend was you do your festival release, don't put it online. Um, ahead of time. And now there, you know, many short films, especially short films like Sundance and, and South by, they are releasing their films online at the same time that they're releasing in festivals. So I do think you need to think, I think that's not an issue for most festivals and some of them it is still, but really uh, changed a lot uh, in the last couple of years. So for us, for me, public, we decided to do a about three months of a festival only run, and then time our online release with our um, uh, with our screening at at Shortfest and Humphrey. Well, that's nice, um, smart. And that was because that was a really big festival for us. That was a really it was ahead of the beginning of the summer, and so we timed all our marketing that way to to kind of the festival driving traffic to online and online having awareness about the festival. Um, and I do think you need a strategy. 
I need to think about what's best for your project. But online, obviously, there's a lot of eyes and something short of the week or a big distribution platform like that, you know, you can reach a whole bunch of people that you can't reach directly. Yep. Uh, Soma, you've done what sixty something short films. Do you, do you, uh, do you kind of just go film by film on how you're going to release it, or do you usually try to have the same plan? No, it's definitely film by film. I think mine is definitely much more of a kind of random. I don't really have a lot of planning ahead of time in terms of distribution because I think a lot of the shots that I've done have been, like I said, my own proof of concepts or. I, you know, if there's something that I think I'm missing in my real, like I really want to do action. So I, you know, a couple of months ago shot an action short. That is a, you know, a standalone piece. So it wasn't like I need to get this into features, uh, into festivals. I just needed it as a showpiece that I could actually send to execs and send to, you know, producers to show that I was capable of it. It just happened maybe to get interest in festivals. Um, so I'm, I might not be the best person in terms of like strategizing. It just kind of tends to get picked up by festivals after I've done it. I guess, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit. Well, to mind. your credit, you don't put out anything that's subpar. Everything oh. you do is so well developed before you even get to set. And then everything on set from set design to sound to cinematography, like you don't just do something to do something. So that's why festivals love you, I'm sure. And I'm sure Celine can continue on that thought. It's like festivals want quality. Yeah, of course, if if it's if it's well made, it's well made. And if the story is good and well structured, of course, like it doesn't matter. A lot of shorts end up being turned into features. But when you watch the short, it doesn't feel like a proof of concept. It's just that the writer or the director just figured out a way of telling a concise story there that works as a short and then expanded it. But uh, of course, yeah, it's just, we're just looking for quality and nice stories and some most of the time also something new. But I will say that the genre ecosystem is a specific beast. It's kind of like its own thing and it's its own world that is actually very, very cool. I find it that it's a very supportive atmosphere, specifically women in genre. There's a sisterhood that is insane and that I find fascinating and really, really cool. But, um, but yeah, with, with genre, there's usually, you see more films that end up looking more like proof of concept. But if as a standalone, it's a great story, it's a great story. Uh, and as far as films, with the festivals you've programmed and short of the week, well, short of the week, I think you have to be the premiere with you guys. Is that correct? No, no. Um, oh, you don't? We, we have no premiere requirements. Um, we actually, usually we advise people to like, it used to be our big mantra a couple of years ago, be everywhere all at once. It's just because for us, it's all about building momentum. So that's why we strongly believed in doing the festival run and going online at the same time. Just that way you get all of this at the same time and can build some momentum online on social media. So that was something we firmly believed in. If you're not looking into selling your short to TVs or whatever, because then if you're going through a distributor, then the short is less accessible and it's a little bit more locked, sheltered somewhere. But I mean, it offers different opportunities. But we believe that by doing the festival run and at the same time being online, it allows the film to be really seen by a lot of people because it's so easily accessible. Even execs, because when execs go to Sundance, do they actually want to go all the way to the Redstone Cinema that's super far out to catch the short program? Let's be honest, they'd rather be drinking Stella at a party downtown. So the fact, that, but the film did get the laurels. So they know about the film, they've read about the film, and now it's online, super easily accessible when they're back in LA and they can watch it at their own convenience. So that was like our big thing is just making the film easily accessible. That way you can get quality eyes on it. Uh, so Kate Carson, one of our um, fellows in the, in the feature directors program, she says, it's so interesting to hear about the Fest Plus Online. Still hearing from many Fests this year during our run that they want exclusivity, but we want more eyes on the short. That was the whole point of making it. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, festivals want 
to be the premier or the exclusive or not online because they want butts in the seats. So it's less about your film and more about their ticket sales. And that's kind of frustrating to me. Yeah, I it really that. depends. Yeah, it's a sorry to interrupt. I mean, yeah. I, I, hi, Kate. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> uh, there is some of this, right? And I, I kind of wish that that a lot of us, I understand that point of view of like, oh, but if it's online, people will won't be able, to, they won't pay the ticket fee. But at the same time, you're you're going to people in Cleveland are going to see the program that was curated by the programmer there. It's not just one film, it's not just two. And Celine does this amazing job of like curating a whole program um, that seamlessly fits together. And and the folks in Cleveland, I'm specifically talking about Cleveland International Film Festival because I know the, the programmer there has said many times that they're not looking up the short films and seeing if they're online before they buy a ticket and trying to watch them. No, they're going for an experience in the theater for a curated, make it easy thing. And he says, Paul Sloop, love him to death, says there's no conflict of interest there with the short being online. So I, I, I think it's a bit of an old mentality. I hope that festivals continue to come into the now of like, let's all be everywhere all at once. That's totally, you know, I got that from you guys. So <laughs> like that is a wonderful mentality because um, they're they're two different experiences of the film, you know. That's like look, Sundance doesn't ask for premiere status every year in the Sundance program. There's at least a couple of films that are already online. Same with South by, same with Palm Springs. So you see those big names with this mentality, and just like you said, Foster, I strongly believe that the people who will buy the ticket are not going to go online. But then, if they see the film in the theater and they like it and it's available online, they will send it to their friends. Exactly. exactly. That's what has happened in Palm Springs. We've had patrons emailing us, what was that film? Where, how can I make my friends see it? And we're like, well, it just so happens that it's online. Here you go. Here's the link. Share it with the world. Right. And, and, to, and, and in the reverse, to your detriment, if I'm playing at a small festival in Oregon, and someone's like, I love this. Can I show my friends? And you're like, yeah, in, in six to nine months, it'll be available right. online. They just, they're never going to see it again and they're never going to share it. So it really is helpful. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there with cards and here's the link and, you know, uh, but good for you. You got to see it on the big screen, you know, like that's, a, those are the different experiences. Uh, Lee Bailey's, thank you for chiming in with your experience. He says with micro shorts, uh, he's found that you can get away with online as best online as well as festival submissions because the short attention spans these days and so many festivals, most likely the audience won't have seen it anyway. So um, it seems like that's kind of a consensus from the filmmakers that it's, it's kind of just been okay, which is like Kate is saying, which I'd known this, you know, years ago, uh, I've always been the one that did, did exactly what you said. We go to the festivals and then six months later, we finally put it online and even the cast or crew like, yeah, whatever. This <laughs> um, so really quick, a question that comes up all the time then about distribution is festival or, or is film length and i always say a film should be as long or as short as it needs to be but at the same time i in my experience festivals it's hard to get programmed if your film's over 15 minutes um soma what what have your film lengths tended to be like i think all of them are under 10 minutes for sure even under eight if possible if it's a short um i don't know if that's specifically been for a distribution kind of uh, strategy, but I have heard and being told by many festival programmers, the shorter it is, the easier it is to program. I mean, I had a short, that the one that was at Outfest, that was 90 seconds long, I think. And I got it in when submissions were closed because they needed a short to open a feature mm -hmm. and mine was the perfect length. And so it just kind of fit and it was super, and they said the same thing, it's super easy to program because it was so short. We just could put it right there in front of the feature. So yeah, we've easily pulled in extra films if they were a minute or so from the five minute film festival because a minute is always so easy to program. It's hard to say no unless the film's terrible. Yeah, and I've also heard, I don't know, I mean, Celine, you might tell us if this is true or not, but I've heard that the later you submit to a festival, it also becomes harder for them because I think they, they start putting the program together really early. And I'd love Celine to weigh in on that topic. You know, that's what I've heard. And I'd love to hear if that's true. You know, if you wait too long, they've already started locking the program in. 
and it's hard for them to slip in, even if your film is fantastic, um, especially if it's a longer one. So with, the, with regards to the length, it's a real estate problem. There's only so many minutes we have in the theater, in the blocks. So of course, if you send a 30-minute film, in 30 minutes, you can play three films. So you're taking the spot of three films. So your film has to be better than three films. So, but at the end of the day, like I said, don't want to mess with your creative process. So do edit however you like. But for sure, the shorter, the better. Because if it's going to be long, yeah, it's going to care. It's going to need to really, like, every minute has to be justified. So, of course, it's at the end of the day, it really is a real estate situation. It's just, yeah, like, there isn't, we don't have unlimited room. So that's what it comes down to. We got um, a 40, our 40 minute rock opera got programmed in so many festivals around a space for laurels. It's 40 minutes and some festivals put it as a feature and some put it as a short, but because it was so unique and interesting, I think that's why it got put through, but I've had trouble programming 10 minute shorts because again, it's like if they've seen it already, if it, you know, it's not original, why are they going to pick your film? If there's sound issues, if you're lingering on, performance that's not that riveting because either you're the actor or you're a director who can't give up footage uh there's just you've got to think about the whole pack that's why i say think about your end goal if your end goal is festivals you really got to think about how you can tighten it down as much as you can um but celine yeah i would also love to hear your input on um the submitting early versus later so every festival works differently every single festival i work for works differently Um, I, you, I worked for a festival where we started programming, um, officially like programming, like saying we want this, we don't want this before and started inviting actually before the, um, uh, the, the last deadline. So in that case, getting it towards the end does shrink the chances but before the deadline we really like invited films that we felt incredibly strong about uh, so we we didn't even have a third of the lineup before the deadline but the process has changed since and um right now every festival i work for we invite after the deadline so everything has been watched before we start um before we start inviting. So everything is treated equally, which I think is the way it should be because, yeah. well, okay, you're submitting late, but most of the time you pay a bigger fee. Mm -hmm. So there you go, that's your penalty. And then you should be just treated as everyone else. So now every festival I work at, we start like actually programming after the deadline, after everything has been seen for the first time, yeah. Um, okay, so our audience is getting antsy to get to the end of this podcast. I mean, this as of this panel because uh, they want to know the, the real nitty gritty. We're getting there, guys. I promise. Everybody's like, but what is distribution outside of festivals? The reason we talk a lot about festivals is because you don't understand how festivals actually affect your distribution. So I'm I had made a film brownie points. It was like my second or third short film. I made it on maybe 200 bucks, maybe with a crew of three of us. It got in the feel good film festival. Then Gaim found it through Film Good Festival and they bought it from us for a DVD collection. They flew me to Colorado to speak on the DVD extras, put me up, all that stuff from putting in a film festival. Film festivals is really where you get your laurels for people to pay attention. It's where you can find a bigger network. That's why we talk, that's why film festival discussion is so important. Um, and it's also about your marketing because your marketing for film festivals is also going to affect your marketing for distribution. So we will get to some ideas for you about distribution and outside of festivals. We're getting there, I promise. Um, so really quick question on um, just so everybody, so we, we talked about niching down. So I want everybody to understand how important that is. Really when you're deciding on the distribution company you're going after, on the festival you're going after, you have to think about what is your film? What's the quality of your film? What's the genre of your film, et cetera? Uh, Foster. What, what are some of the things you consider when you are doing your strategy for what, who to submit to? Um, well, uh, it depends on what your film is uh, and what it's about. I mean, I one of my first films that was on the circuit was a film called Waffles. 
uh, very short, four and a half minutes uh, in the LGBTQ plus theme. And so it did play at a lot of LGBTQ festivals. And obviously we went after that. Um, we also, there are also a lot of festivals that have specific LGBTQ blocks. And um, so, you know, that is a, an easy strategy too. And it can play, it could play anywhere. You know, it's not only that, but it does help. There are really huge, we've premiered it inside out, you know, it's really wonderful, big, big festivals um, that specialize in that. Um, you know, we've made public, which is sort of a more, uh, commercial-ish comedy, um, and it was 14 minutes. So the longest film that I've made, uh, we didn't know how it was gonna how it was gonna play, but we were targeting sort of mid to upper level festivals, um, but also really strong local festivals, um, ones that had a good a good local reach, ones that I wanted to go to. Uh, you know that that's a a whole other thing, right? Like. You could play at a bunch of festivals if you don't have the funds or the means to get there. Um, it's hard to make the most of that experience. So targeting ones that are closer to you, that you can get to, you have somebody to stay with there. That's how you're going to network and all of that. Um, I feel like I got off topic. Was that the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great because it's really about why are you deciding. They're, they're, you, festivals are pricey and you need to yeah. know why you're submitting to somebody. And yeah. I also think that when everybody who's asking about how do you do distribution outside of festivals, um, you need to look at the festivals who are getting distribution for short films. Which yes. festivals actually help you with that? Which, ask your filmmaker friends who've been distributed, how did they get distributed? With, if they were in festivals, you need to find out if there's a trend in those festivals for distributors looking at them. Um, like I said, the Feel Good, Fil Feel Good Film Festival, I don't even know if it's still around because this was like a decade ago, but um, that distributor went and looked through all of the Feel Good Film Festival because they wanted happy, family-friendly films for their distribution. Um, and they paid money. And so if you make your film on no money, you suddenly made a big profit. Um, so lot, so let's go, let's jump into some of the platforms uh, that do exist. Audience who are watching, if there's platforms that you've sold to, please put them in the comments because obviously there's a ton of these and there's a ton of ways to do this. And uh, there's only four of us here to to share our experience. Um, so like I said, one is Gaim. Uh, they do a a a, a uh, positive, friendly, fam friendly, family friendly DVD series. Uh, Soma, do you want to talk a little bit about Dust? Yeah. So Dust is for science fiction shorts. They're a platform. I think it was created by Gunpowder and Sky, if I'm not wrong. Um, and they have two. They have two. I think they have uh, what's Alter. I think is their horror platform, and Dust is their sci-fi platform. And <laughs> I, funnily enough, I was found through a film festival, um, Holly Shorts, I believe, and that's how they found me and Dust, you know, wanted to distribute. So they... See, guys, I told you, they're getting found through film festivals. That's why we talk about it. Stop yelling at us. <laughs> yeah, and they're actually, I, I'm not sure who, I think it was Celine, you were saying that the genre platforms are so friendly. They, they're so wonderful. I mean, and it's, one of their main distribution channels is on YouTube. And I was kind of terrified of it going live on, you know, we all know what YouTube can be like. And it was really inclusive and really friendly and really great numbers on there. So anyone with a sci-fi short, absolutely kind of, I think they have a, um, they also have a submission page. Um, I think it's Watch Dust online and you can actually submit directly to them also you don't have to you know just doesn't pay for shorts though right they do oh they do pay you nice pay. somebody else who pays <laughs> i like it mostly when you're looking for distribution you're just like i need to get as many people to see this so your money is never the first thing if you get money for your short it's like winning the lottery <laughs> yeah um, yes, we have just really quick and if i kayla if i miss any of these uh throw them up but uh performer says Canal Brazil buys shorts. Um, Annika says, uh, Brigitte Jurgensen. I just put that up on the screen if you guys want to grab that. Uh, and what exactly do they do, Annika? Um, and am I missing any? Okay. Uh, keep them coming if you've gone. Uh, a lot of people ask how they can help get their film made. So I know uh, Foster... 
didn't some either one of your shorts get you the money for your next short? How did you get that grant? Um, yeah, so uh, the camera division uh, did a grant program called the Emergence Emergence Program for Female Filmmakers. The Emergence Grant um, that was for made public. So that so you know you for me personally, I was making super low budget, $500 less short films, trying to perfect, like, or trying to work on my craft as a storyteller. And then, you know, we would have, my husband and I worked together, he, he writes, and so we would have a script, we're like, oh, this one though is gonna require some money, you know? And so, you know, like, I don't have $25,000 just sitting around to be like, yeah. So it was like, well, let's continue to make sure the script is in great shape and then submit for some grants. And Emergence Award was, um. I submitted for it and forgot about it and got that. So that was uh, not money exactly, but it was a huge amount of in-kind donations, equipment and post-production services and things like that. And we crowdfunded the remaining amount. Uh, for my current film, we won the Shift Creative Fund, um, which is a, a grant of cash grant um, that it varies in number, uh, but what people get. But we did win that after two years of applying for the same film. We were the alternate this last, in 2020 and, and somebody dropped out and we ended up getting that. Um, so yeah, so you know, we did get grant money and then, uh, and we also got the Panavision New Filmmakers Grant for this one that we're shooting in two days. Um, awesome. So we have that, you know, as well. Have you, and as far as your films, have you got, what are the, some of the platforms that you've gotten your films distributed on? So uh, Made Public was, uh, on short of the week was on Amaletto is is on you know uh, Amaletto which is on YouTube and has a really big subscriber base and uh, film shortage as well um, so I will say short of the week uh, as you say industry eyes I think maybe so when you said quality um, it, it really is I mean that is how I got represented um, agents and stuff was through short of the week they found it there. Um, and that is like, you know, I'm hugely, hugely grateful to that uh, platform. And then Amaletto has been just, it happens to have been just like a really successful run on Amaletto. We have like 1.7 million views. Um, and, and there is a little bit of distribution money, you know, admin. That's great. Like, there's, I, I'm actually shocked at how many of these are actually paying. <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. There are uh, others too. I'll just say I've been approached by some other companies. I've been approached to be about, um, you know, an anthology, um, but there's an exclusivity sort of situation that you have to weigh. Um, what's what? Your, what is your short doing right now, and what do you want it to be doing right now? Because we're two years after having released Made Public, and so where do we want it to be and live? And then, um, and then we've been pr approached also about some smaller uh, online non-exclusive distributions that are like profit share sort of things for the filmmakers based on subscriptions and things like that. So. Um, yet to be seen about how much that really translates to, but again, more eyes, more places. I, I welcome it all. Yeah, we just signed for a film we did for like a basically a one week film shooting contest. We uh, signed that film to a deal where it's not exclusive. It can we can put it wherever, but it's uh, going to be part of the uh, anthology package on Shutter. Um, but I also you horror people, you should look at Crypt TV. I know they take shorts. You can submit. I don't know how to submit necessarily, but I know you can get those in there. Um, and then, um, forgetting one that, that, uh, is, it'll come back to me, hopefully, uh, Reverie but still, also, Reverie, Reverie, yeah. Reverie for, um, LGBTQ plus no. content. Nice. That's the one that was outfit. Uh, and then Henry is asking Soma, is that dust or dust online? Uh, may, Kayla, maybe you can find the link for dust and. I think their website is watch dust. I'm not wrong. Uh, that does sound right. Uh, and then Celine, can you talk to us about submitting to short of the week? Cause I think that like most people who get their film on short of the week, they get a pretty hefty amount of views. So, um, yeah, we work like a film festival. So we have a submission platform. We actually have two, we, uh, work on film freeway and we have our own. And so you submit the same way you would submit to a festival. The submission is open year round. And within a, within a week, we tell you if uh, we'll be selecting the film or not. Uh, if the film is selected, then we talk and figure out a date that works for our calendar and a date the date that works for uh, the filmmakers. 
And when uh, the, we release the film, we embed a video provided by the filmmaker. Usually it's Vimeo from their Vimeo account. We embed it on the website with a write-up that comes along with it. So usually that's pretty cool because usually short films don't get uh, like long text written, long critiques written about them. So that's something that usually is the filmmakers really enjoy. But yeah, like we, are, we try to be as flexible as possible. Sorry, Foster, what were you oh, saying? Oh, it's incredibly helpful. I mean, it was like a full review of the film and it's, you know, you can pull stuff from that. It's so helpful. Yeah, yeah. A lot of filmmakers end up quoting the article for all their press, uh, EPK material and all of that. Uh, we try to be as flexible as possible and have absolutely no exclusivity, no premiere requirements, none of that. We, yeah, we definitely push you to put it everywhere uh, just to have more eyes on it. I will say that in terms of number of views, we don't have the craziest numbers that other channels do provide. But usually, yeah, like we've met a lot of people who told us that two years ago they were an intern at this studio or this production company and their job was to every morning log in and watch what the film was and just take notes and see like if the director could be of any interest to them. So that's definitely something we've built over the years is that we have a reputation. So being a show of the week film does get you interesting people to watch the not interesting as if the rest is not, but interesting in terms of taking your career to the next step. Um, and that's to bounce off just quickly to festivals. Whenever you wanna, if you wanna distribute your film, you don't know, you, especially as like an emerging filmmaker, you have no idea whose door to knock on. That's where festivals are helpful. Because at festivals, if you do a little bit of research, just look at all the industry attending the festival and you'll see names and you'll see companies you've never heard of. And I'm not a filmmaker, but when I started in this business, that's how I built all my knowledge, by looking up all the industry lists of delegates present at festivals and seeing what their companies were and all of that. And it's the same. If you want to sell your film to, let's say, a TV channel, you send an email as an emerging filmmaker. Do you really think that the top executive is going to read the email? No. But if you meet the executive at a festival, he will or she will or they will read the email. And also, if you know, start knowing the name of the companies, you can also look them up and figure out who your short would work better with. And that's it's all about research. And but when research, when you have nothing and you're sitting at your desk, you don't know where to start. Festival is the best place where to start because that gets you name of executives and name of companies. So that's where festivals can also be super helpful. And if you do have the laurels, that makes it even better because then you get a little bit of, when you email, there's you have a little bit of you have something to show for. You say, oh, I was selected at the festival. So it just adds something to the mix. Um, Not to and, mention you, then, you could run in and actually meet people that when you have the face-to-face, -face, it's different than you know your dear sir or madam letter, which please, everybody... Stop sending dear sir or madams. <laughs> Find out who you're emailing. Address them. Find and out that's the thing, them. yeah. It's just it instantly, even if it's a very short interaction, if you go up to someone and you like, did a little bit of research or whatever, you'll make an impact and they'll remember you. And you know what? Even at Short of the Week, we've had films that we've declined that we thought were not for us, but we sent them to people we know in the industry that were looking for this kind of stuff. It wasn't for us, it was for others we knew. And like we just sent it, it's all about networking. So in distribution, it is exactly the same. If you're looking at a sales agent, try to look up what films they had and see if your film could work in their catalog. But then comes the question of like, I've seen a few people listing TV channels. Great, you sold it to a TV channel and you've made more than a few bucks. You've Sometimes you even make your money back, great but your film is stuck for two years or more in an exclusivity situation. And how do you, you don't have, this is, if you want to move on to your next project, how can you do it? Cause you can't show your film and your film hasn't been all over the place. It's not easily accessible. So great, you're making money, but that's the question you have to ask yourself. What do you want to do? Do you want to get money or do you want your short to be seen by the widest audience? That's when the question is uh, is interesting. When all else fails to uh, filmmakers, 
One, if your film is 40 minutes or longer, you can actually distribute on Amazon Prime yourself as a feature. And if it's under, you can create your own anthology DVD. So you can get like you plus three of your filmmaker friends or four of your films that are all in the same genre and put out the DVD on Amazon. Uh, and maybe you'll make money, maybe you won't. But the point will be it's another way to go, hey, we're on Amazon Prime. Please go watch our movie. Um, just gives you a, a little, just one extra place to distribute that you have control over. Money from Amazon is crap, so you're not going to make any money. <laughs> but the place to go. Uh, I'm going to get to some of these audience questions because there's so many. But before we do, aggregators and licensors. Have any of you guys ever used an ag I mean, for feature films, we use aggregators all the time. But for shorts, has anybody used an aggregator? Um, no, there's yeah. a few. There's a few that are great and they can help out in many ways. Um, if you're looking for an Oscar run, they surely help out. And they they're great at just also helping out with the festival strategy because they have a better understanding of it. And yeah, like they they can sell the film, put it on. I don't know, like you said, Amazon, try to sell it to other platforms like Criterion. Um, Europe, Europe, France buys a lot. So their TVs in France, they buy a lot of shorts. So there you go. You can sell it to Canal in France. But like I said, your film has sold to Canal, but then it's clearly it's locked in this exclusivity. And how can you move on to your next project if your film is it's difficult to make it seen by the mass? Uh, I apologize, you guys. My computer's overheating in this like 100 degree heat. So uh, I'm in slow motion probably to you, but hopefully my voice sounds okay. So I'm going to go through these questions uh, from bottom up. Uh, Nadar, is silent films kind of narrative of your festival? Silent films are fine as long as it's a narrative story with beginning, middle, and end. Um, Larry says, thank you so much for this information. Direction provided from all this is so helpful. Put more wind under my wings. Well, that's lovely, Larry. Thank you. Uh, Olia and Kate are curious about HBO. I don't know if we know the answer, but um, Kate says she sees more sh shorts popping up on HBO Max and other streamers. Wondering if those deals are open to having your film previously at Short of the Week slash online. So when that happens, uh, usually we've had films that were on Short of the Week. And when they sell it somewhere, they just email us. Because like I said, the, we embed videos provided by filmmakers. So you actually don't even have to email us. You can just take it down yourself. But we appreciate the notice just telling us that it will go down just so we can add currently offline. But no, usually um, usually if, uh, if it, has, it has happened, then we, it just goes offline. If HBO buys it or... Uh, once it was Canal, bought a short, and we just took it down. Uh, Christopher, is there a way, location to find PR for short films slash films? So be happy to gain traction for us in indies. I'm going to do my, my disclaimer first, which is we actually had a PR person for our short film for a big film festival. They did nothing. We sued them. We won. They still never paid us our money back. I do not like publicists, <laughs> not that there's not good ones out there. Have any of you worked with publicists that you think have been awesome? And what are some suggestions? No, um, I have not. Uh, I think you are your own best publicist. I think that when Foster is also someone who does a lot of research and who works hard. Uh, if you're lazy, a publicist could help. But I know I mean, one who's very good, but you, she's currently changing uh, company, so I don't know. Well, ideally, a publicist, you're buying their contacts. So ideally, they should be able to get you reviewed in magazines or get you interviews with magazines and get your name out there. So if they don't have those contacts and your film isn't maybe a film that's going to get that kind of information or get that kind of notice, there's no point in spending money on a publicist. You'd be better off spending yeah, money on somebody who does digital or um, online marketing for you. Yeah, it's really hard with shorts um, because, like, the trades, they don't want to cover shorts unless it's something really major. So, um, and, and that would be your best bet for getting something really seen. Your best bet for getting an invest, you know, your money, money's worth of a publicist. Um, I don't have any bad experiences with publicists. I just don't have any, like, uh, I just think that, it's, it all comes back to festivals because this is where you do your networking. And so, you know, I had a four minute film and traveled around with it with my baby half the time. And like, 
did these festivals and met people and made contacts and time and time again, you know, my the way I got to know people at Reverie, which we didn't end up distributing with, but like the way I got down the road there was through people I met at Inside Out. Um, the, you know, the people, it's it just like, I've got people at festivals that have literally gotten me jobs, paid jobs, you know, and I think that it's all who you know. And then when you go to these festivals, if you really want to put in the work, one of the things that I did was uh, try to get a contact list from of people who are coming. You know, if they're distributors, if they're PR people, and write them ahead of time. I'm going to be at the festival. I'm available to do an interview. I've had people, because I pushed, they were only interviewing the features at that festival, but I pushed and I got them to interview me for my short, and I was only short represented, but because I, like, called and called and called and just did my own stuff. Um, yeah, that's what I said. Foster works hard. <laughs> but it is. you. No one's going to work as hard as you for your film. So Exactly. Uh, and another thing that um, I know Soma's really smart about, and I believe Foster has done as well, is when you're thinking about, when you're in the beginning, in your development phase, and you're thinking about the end game, whether you want to be on HBO Max or whether you want to be at a film festival, if you have money for a name actor, for an actor that has a following, and they're good for the role, and they can act, cast them. <laughs> Pay them, get them in. Soma, you're working on something that right now. You want to tell us about that sort of development process of thinking about the end game. Yeah, well, so the, the one I'm working on now, The weekend, is actually a proof of concept. So we, I knew from the very beginning that it wasn't going to be for distribution or anything, but it was a proof for a feature or for a series. And um, I had a named actor that I had in mind already as I started writing it, but it's an all AAPI sci-fi short. So I knew that I wanted to try and find the most talented, you know, AAPI actors and I did and now my cast has come together and I have like the most insanely gorgeous talented actors all in the Asian American kind of community but they also all have really big followings that wasn't obviously the first thing that I looked at they just happened to because they're very talented and if you have that kind of group of talent I think that helps the visibility of your short, obviously, if you have an inbuilt audience, you know. Um, so it sounds a little bit like, you know, schemey, but you also, if they're talented and they're wonderful and they have an amazing following, then you're like, tick, 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 you know, it's obviously your first first priority should be the talent and the, you know, the actor themselves. Yeah, but stop casting your friends. Oh. <laughs> not that good. You guys, we get submitted so many films with actors. Which is well, right, right. Which some of us are very lucky for that. But we get a lot of films that we've seen, and I'm sure Celine can say the same thing. The acting, the, like it's, it could be a great story and even great cinematography, but the acting is so bad that we cannot accept it. And then you find out, oh yeah, well, that was my friend. No, no. <laughs> but I have a counter example. I saw a film this year. I didn't know, but when I met the filmmaker, she told me that the lead was her brother who had never acted Nice. And I was just blown away because he really makes the film incredible. The camera is on him all the time. And I was like, no, I don't believe this. This guy has never acted in his life. He was magnetic on screen. So you never know. Sometimes. No, no, for sure. But again, but she, if she saw that, I mean, our feature film that's going to be in theaters in November, the lead, the lead female had never acted. But we needed piano, piano player, real piano player first. And she was magnetic enough. She pulled it off. So yeah, I get but, that. I for mean, sure. we can't lie. If you have a celebrity, I mean, who are we kidding? It's true. Um, it, they bring all the fun. What you're trying to get is people to watch the film. How do you get people excited? Celebrities. So it, I mean, it's awful to say, but all of a sudden, if a celebrity is on it, even like look at all the press releases from festivals. What do you see at the top? Oh, this celebrity is in the short program, and this. I mean, it's awful to say, but. It's, it is the way it is. I'm not saying you need a celebrity to make a good short, but if you do have one in your you know, yeah, phone book, sure, give them a call. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Very talented. Uh, so I'm, I don't want to slay your name. I want to say Savanur. Um, just what if a movie can't be in a popular category? Mine's a crossover between Bollywood and Hollywood, a musical, but has action and comedy. That sounds like a movie I want to see. <laughs> I think that it, you don't have to be a niche. 
there's niche festivals. Like you could be a sci-fi film going to sci-fi festival, but festivals in general, you know, like dances with films is a great example. Dances with films loves its filmmakers. It treats the filmmakers so well, and it takes films of all genres. They just want stuff that's entertaining and well-made. And programs are not always genre-based. You know, they can be, but they they really aren't. Like it's, it's not typically like a, a whole action genre program. It's you know curated for other things and, and themes and you know after dark and you know things like that. It, um, I don't think that that is a that you're not in a genre with that description. There, you're you're your own movie, and and I think that's you just need to know who your audience is. I don't think it pulls you out of a genre. It just puts you in multiple ones. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, and also festivals love good musicals, by the way. I don't think they get a lot, so they usually get programmed. At least that's been my experience, because every musical I've ever done has been programmed. Mm -hmm. uh, really quick, let's try to get through a little through a few more of these. If there's a burning question we haven't answered, put it in right now. Uh, George Brooks, he asked a while ago, do you recommend having a YouTube or Vimeo channel for shorts to establish branding or just wait until one has a short film that is festival worthy? What is the experience, um, y'all's experience on that? Well, I'm not sure I understand. Is it using so Vimeo? I think basically like, yeah, it, it's almost like having a filmmaker side, I guess. So if I, I have a Vimeo channel, but it's all of my director stuff. I don't have like a, here's my short films branding me in a way but i don't think it's a terrible idea i think you can always brand yourself and market yourself the more you niche down the more people know who to come to for that i get called all the time because like oh i had this music project i thought of you awesome let's go mm -hmm. uh, Arts picked up the distribution from Vimeo. they i don't know how they said they curate they go through vimeo and they search and they emailed cold emailed me from my vimeo page which i tend to keep an eye on and make sure I just I hide all my older stuff and keep it pretty up to date. Um, but that's pretty much as strategic as I get with it. Uh, Lee brought up a great point. He says, you do have a risk with some genre fest. You're at the whims of some horror festival programmer who's possibly jaded or more judgmental because they see a lot of horrors, whereas a festival who never really sees horrors might enjoy your film and you might get in. That's a really good point. Don't you don't have to only submit to niche um and carlos you have a three minute short narrative uh go to the bmc film fest go to film freeway bmc film fest now what are you waiting on go submit it uh i don't see any more questions and we're kind of out of time so i'm just gonna say thank you to you guys it's just really awkward i know i'm in slow motion i don't i'm presuming my lips are not matching my sound is that how it's happening it's really bizarre and driving me nuts. But thank you guys so much. I, there's a ton more info that I'm sure everybody wants. So you guys go to the Black Magic Collective private group. If there's questions, put them in there because the people in the, on this panel, the people who, a lot of the people who are in the chat and more people are there to sort of help each other and learn and grow and connect. So uh, thank you all for being here and um, wishing you luck on your next big endeavors that you're doing.